Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Chronic Fatigue and Burnout Recovery Podcast. Um, before we get started on the episode today, I just want to say I've had quite a few messages on Instagram and I've had some emails from various people from all over the world who are listening to this show and expressing their gratitude. And I just want to say I'm so grateful for those who've taken the time to reach out and let me know that they're enjoying the podcast and they're finding it helpful. And also for those people who have left reviews on iTunes, I'm very grateful to you as well. There are also some people who have reached out and suggested topics that they would like to have covered on the podcast. And I'm also very appreciative. It's, it's um, always really great just to know what people need more help with or what people want to understand better. So I really just wanted to start off today by saying I really appreciate the engagement if you've contacted me with some ideas for episode episodes, I'm definitely taking that on board. Sometimes um, I need to do a little bit of research before I create the episodes, and then that will obviously take a little bit of time, and it depends on how much extra time I have in my schedule. But um, I will get round to all the suggestions. So I just wanted to start off by saying thank you so much uh, to you, the listener. And also, if you haven't left a review on iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you can take a few moments now of your time just to go and do that. Really easy to do. You can find the link for the um, iTunes episode in the in my Instagram bio if you need to find it. Um, you don't have to write any sort of text. You can just leave a five-star review. But if you'd like to write some text, I would really appreciate that as well. So thank you. Um, so we'll go into the episode now and today I wanted to talk about a topic which is managing your fatigue recovery versus truly healing in your fatigue recovery. And the inspiration for this episode came when I interviewed Francesca Leparati for the hormones and perimenopause episodes. If you haven't listened to that, you can always go back and listen. It was a really great episode Obviously, Francesca is a fantastic friend of mine, so um, I'm always going to big her up because she's very important to me. But one of the things she spoke about on the episode was how she had this burnout experience, which was probably coupled with entering into perimenopause. And it was in lockdown that she really started to heal versus prior to lockdown, she'd really just been managing the situation. And this got me reflecting on my own fatigue recovery journey and how probably for about three and even four years, I was managing the situation, but I wasn't truly healing. And it actually took a long time for me to really realize what I needed to heal in my fatigue recovery instead of sort of do damage control or just put a band-aid over the wound, but the wound was still there sort of seeping and weeping, so to speak. So I'd like to just touch on this idea of managing fatigue recovery versus truly healing. And as I do, or as I begin, I guess one of the things I wanted to preframe by saying is that managing your fatigue recovery is not wrong. It's not bad. You shouldn't feel ashamed if that's the stage that you're in at the moment because healing has many different stages. 
And I had to go through the management stage. I'm sure Francesca would also say she had to go through the management stage for a certain amount of time before she could truly understand what she needed to heal. And also sometimes management is part of healing because sometimes there's so much going on in life. There's various challenges and different circumstances and just managing, just finding ways to cope is maybe all we have capacity for at any moment in time. So the purpose of this episode is not to say, well, you're wrong if you're managing and you're only doing it properly if you're healing. It's not about that at all, but it's really just to bring awareness. And I'm going to share a lot of my own experience, but maybe your experience is different. So please take what you would like from this episode and discard the rest. So this idea of managing versus healing, I've kind of written some notes down and I've got two little comments um, or sort of two columns on my notepad, which I'm just going to touch on. And the notes I have for this idea of healing is that we know we're healing when we feel like we're making progress. And obviously progress looks different to different people and it depends on the measuring stick you're using to measure yourself. But I think it's when you really notice that there's a change happening and that change feels like it's happening at a deeper level. I would argue that change feels like it's happening at a nervous system level. And when our nervous system is changing and we have a greater capacity, a broader window of tolerance, we have more flexibility to move through different arousal states, then that also has a change on what we believe about ourselves, the beliefs we have about ourselves or our illness or our, Ill- or our illness, and um, just generally how we begin to meet our needs, how we then assert our boundaries. So there's, I guess, a deep reprogramming or recalibration that's happening at the nervous system, which is then spilling over into our mindset, shall we say, just to simplify and use the word mindset. And then when our nervous system is different and the mindset is different, the behavior is different. And the nuance here is it's not that we're just generating a new behavior through willpower. We've just decided this is what we're going to do and we're efforting to create the behavior. But the behavior is just more natural and effortless because it just feels more of an extension of who we are on a nervous system level. And there's a saying which I love. If you've done any of my courses or programs, you've probably heard me say this. I've probably already said it on another podcast, which is to achieve something you have never achieved before, you must become someone you've never been. And the implication here is that there needs to be an identity shift for you to go through your whole healing journey and come out the other side of it you come out the other side of it a different person or or with a different identity to the person that entered that healing journey, whatever that looks like for you. And so this identity shift, when I did my training in neurostrategies with Steve Linda, he would say that the identity is the strongest force of the human nervous system, which ultimately is saying that we will do anything 
to protect who we believe we are, or we'll do anything to remain in congruence with who we believe that we are. And obviously at the point in time when I did this training, I hadn't done all my nervous system and trauma-informed and somatic experiencing training. So I didn't kind of think about it so much through the nervous system lens at that point in time. But I think it's when our nervous system is used to operating in a certain way, that becomes our norm, that becomes our familiar. And then we will think and behave in ways that protect the familiar. And when we operate outside of what is familiar, then we'll quickly be drawn back to familiarity. But if we can change and recondition the nervous system, that gives us greater capacity or greater flexibility to think differently, to do differently, and to create a new familiar way of being. But unless we consciously work at creating that change on a nervous system level, we'll constantly find ourselves reverting back to old ways of thinking and old ways of behaving. And those old ways of thinking and those old ways of behaving are influencing our biochemistry, are influencing our physiology, are influencing our immune system and and influencing our nervous system going full circle again. So when we are truly healing, we're starting to change on a nervous system level, which then means we change on a mindset or belief system level. And that ultimately influences how we show up and the behaviors that we generate in life. And when that identity shift happens, when we actually start to believe that we are somebody different, that's when the true healing happens. And so just in contrast to that, managing can look like healing, but the difference between managing and healing is there isn't that change happening on the nervous system level. So managing is ultimately just finding ways to cope finding ways to sort of stay in the bubble of the same identity, but not experience as much distress or as many symptoms. So to break that down, maybe it will be helpful if I use a practical example. Um, It was in September 2016 that I first started to experience the onset of these fatigue symptoms. Although if you listen to episode two, I think it is where I share my healing story, that this um, chronic fatigue experience had probably been building on some level for a very long time prior to that. But it was in 2016 that there was starting to become a very noticeable change and a disruptive change and that I I started to have to manage, shall we say. So I started to have to manage my day-to-day experience. And so what did I do? I thought, well, I probably need to you know, support my stress levels. So I'll do some yoga or I'll do some meditation and I'll make sure I prioritize my sleep and my digestion isn't so good. So I'll do some stool testing and I'll do some gut protocols for that. Um, I maybe should set like some better boundaries with work or um, maybe I need to just take a little bit more time for myself. And so there was a very sort of active management strategy in that there were all these extra things that I added in that I was going to do so that I could support my body more. 
And again, there was nothing wrong with that. It was coming from the best possible place, wanting to do better for myself. But maybe something that you noticed as I was explaining all of this, it was kind of a lot of doing stuff. Okay, let me make sure I do more yoga. Let me make sure I do more meditation. Let me make sure I set better boundaries or I um, take more me time. But there was a sense, an underlying sense, shall we say, of efforting. These were things that I was adding in to an already busy and stressful life, to manage the busy and stressful life. So instead of adding, so actually, if I just back up and say, instead of maybe thinking about taking away the things that were stressful, I was adding in more stuff to help me manage what was already actually too much for my body and too much for my nervous system. And these things helped. They definitely did. So when I did a yoga practice and I would feel very sort of discharged, shall we we say I managed to discharge some of the sympathetic activation in my body, I would feel better afterwards. I would go for a walk on the beach and I would take some time for myself and that would feel good, but then I would still come back and I would be the same identity, the same Anna with the same stresses in her life after the walk on the beach. But the walk on the beach would help for the time that I was walking on the beach. Or I would do my best to set better boundaries, but I would still find that very inherently stressful because the people-pleasing part of me was feeling very stressed about letting people down or needed to sort of make up for taking more time for myself by overcompensating in other areas. So what you can see here is within the sort of management strategy, I was bringing in support, but what wasn't changing was a change at the nervous system level. And another saying that I love from the training I did with Steve Linder was that if you change your behavior before you change your identity, it's only a matter of time before you go back to your previous and unhelpful behaviors. So I was changing behavior. I was doing more yoga. I was doing more meditation. I was trying to set better boundaries. I was taking more time for myself. But the change was happening on the surface level, at the level of behavior. It wasn't happening at the level of the nervous system. And then it wasn't then feeding into the level of the more conscious mind, call it mindset. And then that wasn't then translating into the behavior change. I was trying to change the behavior before I really got deep down and dirty and thought about what ultimately needed to change on a nervous system level. And so if I was to describe myself prior to my chronic fatigue journey, these are parts of me. They definitely weren't all the parts of me, but I had parts of me with poor boundaries. I had parts of me that were people-pleasing. I had so much hypervigilance in my system, this constant fight-or-flight energy, which made it impossible to slow down. It made it impossible to sit still. It made it impossible to switch off, to relax, to do nothing. The only time I could switch off and do nothing properly was on holiday And then I would probably still be checking in with work here and there. I was a workaholic. So to manage that hypervigilance, undischarged survival energy in my body, um, I was just constantly working so that I didn't have to feel the constant anxiety. 
I would never have told you I was an anxious person um, because I was kind of disconnected from the actual experience within my body. And I was just constantly using all of these coping mechanisms, overworking, training hard, even you know treating my yoga and meditation practice like a to-do list. Um, all of these things were just coping mechanisms to manage the anxiety that, I, that was there, but I couldn't actually experience. I was totally disconnected from my anger. So I was one of those people that would say, oh no, I don't get angry or I don't feel angry. I just feel disappointed. And um, there was no kind of connection to a healthy sense of aggression or a healthy sense of agency in my body and hence the poor boundaries. And I was also a kind of make things happen versus a let things happen person. So especially in my business, I would just constantly be like pushing, pushing, pushing instead of just taking a step back to be like, okay, let's give some space here. Let's see what can unfold. Let's see what happens when I create a space for something to move in. Um, and so just even describing all of this to you, I'm sure you probably get the sense as well. It's a very stressful person to be. Um, and I've spoken about this on various other episodes. It wasn't only this stressful kind of way of being or this dysregulated nervous system programming that was responsible for my chronic fatigue experience. There was the mold illness as well and various gut infections, um, but this was a contributing factor. I have absolutely no doubt about that. So on the surface, I was managing, but I wasn't actually healing and it was only after I had my kind of I had my rock bottom and then I had my second rock bottom so I would say my first rock bottom was 2019 after I came back from my yoga teacher training and I tried to get back into real life and it just wasn't possible anymore and I, I sometimes wonder if I did actually get a mold exposure at the yoga teacher training because in Sri Lanka I was humid I used the aircon every night. There could have been some mold colonization in the air conditioning unit. There's a lot of opportunities where I could have also had more mold exposure on that trip, but it doesn't actually matter where it happened, um, for me at least. So I came back from that trip, and then it was this kind of like real sort of hitting rock bottom. And that was the point, I think, where the healing started to begin. But I would even still argue at that stage, I was still managing. There were definitely elements of healing and that I was, I was finally able to let go of that hypervigilance and just stop and give myself space. So I think that space that I created by really starting to properly slow down that was the beginning of the healing, but it was also incredibly uncomfortable because my nervous system didn't know what to do with all that space. And it was probably a bit too overwhelming to feel everything that hadn't been felt. So there was definitely a, a sort of period of denial as well. And I guess I would say that that period of denial was the beginning of the healing stage, but there was still a lot of managing going on versus healing. And then I had my second rock bottom in the beginning of 2020. And that was after a mold exposure when I kind of had been doing really well and then had a really big sort of second crash, um, which I didn't know was mold at the time, but I can see in hindsight how the, the timeline and everything all stacks up. And it was then that 
I think more of the healing began. But it was only really, I would say, when I really started to get into understanding the nervous system and then started to bring in that understanding of the neuro strategies work and then the understanding of how the programming of our nervous system is influencing our identity, that that was probably where that deeper healing really began. And it's difficult to kind of say, well, what was kind of physical healing and what was um, sort of more emotional healing and how do we even separate the two? I don't know if that's possible because in that whole time, shall we say 2019 onwards, I was doing physical work to heal. You know, I was supporting my body to heal and there were changes being made. But I think it was probably only really when I began the nervous system work that those changes really started to land in the body. And I'm, I haven't planned this part of the episode, so I'm just talking quite freely here and just actually reflecting as I'm talking and probably just saying that it was really kind of getting to grips with the nervous system work that then probably also changed my approach to the physical because before I had kind of been just like applying functional medicine like a pill for an ill. So even though functional medicine is natural and it's more holistic and we use supplements, we don't use medications, there was a tendency to just kind of go, oh, well, this is low, so I'll take that supplement and I'll take this supplement for this thing. And then you end up with a hundred different supplements you're taking each day, but you just don't feel like you're making progress. And... um it was when I started to do the nervous system work and I was actually then able to kind of slow down and expand my perspective because when we're in fight or flight, we have a very narrow perspective. So when my perspective expanded and I was prepared to be patient and slow down and take things a little bit more slowly, that then created the opportunity for me to see, okay, there's I've been kind of shooting in the dark a little bit here just taking all these different things but what is the bigger picture and how do I take this bigger picture and then create foundations within the picture and then build on those foundations in a in a systematic way and when I did that that was when I really started to get the traction to create the healing that I needed but up until that point I was probably just managing just kind of one of the things I remember from the experience was just sort of feeling like I was feeling more well to a certain extent, but it was because my life had been so controlled to allow me to feel well. But if I was to expand and do something different, then it would be too much for my system to cope. And so we know we're healing when we can expand our capacity we're not just making our world smaller and smaller to manage symptoms or to feel a sense of control, but we're actually able to take those steps to create expansion so the capacity or so that we have the capacity for more, whether that is more physical activity, more emotional regulation, more mental capacity, being able to go back to work or work full time or read books or study or whatever it is from a more sort of mental perspective. So I do kind of feel like I've waffled a little bit now, but hopefully that 
offers some insight into this contrast between managing and healing. When we're managing, we're finding ways to cope, but we're not experiencing an expansion of our capacity. When we're healing, we're able to do more, whether that is, whether that doing more is actually just doing less, being able to give yourself more space, but being able to hold greater emotional challenge, being able to hold greater physical challenge, being able to hold greater mental challenge and have that capacity to hold more and more change over weeks and months and years, because obviously it's not linear. We may have moments of expansion, moments of contraction, but the, the overall trajectory is one which is showing this increased capacity. When that, when it feels like our capacity is increasing, that's when we're healing. When we feel like we're getting by day to day, but we're not expanding our capacity, that's probably when we're managing. And sometimes managing is okay. Sometimes managing is all we can cope with because of challenges that are going on in life. But if you've been stuck in managing for a while and you don't know, and you don't know what the next step is, then it's starting to, I think, understand what do you need to really start the healing process? And then just coming back to this idea that in order to achieve something we've never achieved before we must become someone we've never been and that's ultimately something that needs to happen on a nervous system level so I'm just going to wrap up here and say that there are so many different ways to heal there isn't one way there isn't one magical practitioner who is going to fix everything for you it doesn't work like that um there isn't one modality so obviously I teach functional medicine, somatic experiencing, but I've also found a lot of benefit from, um, you know, craniosacral therapy and massage and yin yoga. Oh, I teach yin yoga as well, but there's so many different ways. Some people really benefit from coaching and Reiki and reflexology. I really do believe that you want to be able to trust yourself to know what feels healing to your body as you navigate the trajectory of this journey. So there are so many different ways to find healing. And it's important that we find the things that work for us that allow us to expand our capacity. But if you would like to work with me and expand your capacity, then I would love to invite you to join Nurturing Resilience, which is the nervous system group program that I run. We have the next round coming up in April. It's a small, intimate group program that will give you the tools and skills to really start to change on this nervous system level so that you can really start to recalibrate on a much deeper level and then have that translate into your mindset, your behavior, and then your identity as a whole. So if you have um, found what I've had to share today interesting, you can always check out the Nurturing Resilience program. I'll pop the link um, in the show notes for this episode. But otherwise, you can just use this as fuel for thought. And I wish you a wonderful fatigue recovery day.